Hello everybody and welcome to Scientology, episode 90. Scientology, the podcast where I, Paul Odo, talk to you, whoever you are, my best friend, let's just call you that for the sake of uh, just naming you. Um, I talk to you about whatever it is that's on my mind. And if this is the first episode of Scientology that you've ever heard, welcome. I'm going to do a little bit of recapping for the people that have been listening um, because this episode is one that is quite late. I actually skipped an entire week. Normally I do this every week and, um, well, I dropped the ball last week. I was doing a bunch of things and it just, you know, sometimes you fall down and that's okay. As long as you get back up again, we all fall down every now and then. It's just important to get back up. And honestly, like, I was kind of going through a bit of a moment where I didn't know how to not talk exclusively about uh, election stuff and politics, and I was feeling pretty in my head about that as to whether or not that was um, annoying or uh, repetitive, because it's something that, like, not only me, but everybody has been talking about forever, and it's just getting old and shit. And then at a certain point, I was just like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. This is my podcast. I talk about what it is that I want to talk about. And that's on my mind. So if it comes up, it comes up. But aside from that, I was, uh, I'm currently in, um, at my parents' house, which is in Texas, right outside of Houston, Texas, in a uh, small town called Friendswood, which is on the way to Galveston, if you're familiar at all with the geography of, um, this part of the world. Uh, yeah, my, I'm, I'm down here at my folks place. And so part of the reason that I missed my last episode was I was getting a bunch of my prints mailed out to people and also doing a lot of things in prep for leaving New York for two weeks. And so the podcast, even though it only takes me, a, you know, a little under an hour to do it's uh, one of those things that I shuffle onto the back burner for whatever reason, much more than I would like to, but it happens. And so it just kind of kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And it was late a couple of days. And then eventually I was just like, well, I guess I'm just going to take a week off because I got to do some other shit and I'll explain it later on. So that, if you're keeping score at home, is the first apology. Not that it was necessarily an apology, but it's an explanation. Uh, this will be the next one. You may notice that the audio is a little bit different uh, if you're an, a regular listener of the podcast. And the reason for that is that I am recording on my iPhone, which is what I used to do in the earlier days of the podcast before I got a fancy new mic as a gift from one of my patrons my loyal Scientologists who uh, listen and support the podcast, and God bless you, everyone. Zeno will shine upon you from the spaceship inside of the volcano, or whatever it is that we decide to come up with as our cockamamie bullshit god figure. Um, but yeah, I couldn't bring my microphone with me, so I'm recording on my iPhone, but I ran to Best Buy around here and picked up a little microphone that fits into the lightning port on the um, iPhone 
and it's supposed to make it pretty decent. It's got a little windscreen on it. It's uh, just a tiny little thing. It looks like something that might be confused as uh, maybe some kind of a, like either a hidden vape pen type deal or some kind of a sexual device that somebody examining it might not be privy to yet, but they suspect it because they're always thinking about sex because maybe they're in a loveless marriage or whatever, whatever that hypothetical might be. The point is, is if you've noticed that the audio is a little bit different, that is why. And that's the last I'll say about it because it's what we're doing. So that's that. But yeah, so I'm in Texas. I'm here from, what was it? The 19th until the 3rd of December. And why did I come to Texas? Coincidentally, it happens to be the same time that Thanksgiving is happening, but that's not the reason I came. Although, it did factor into it, because when I started thinking about the last time I had come down to see my parents for Thanksgiving, it was something like a decade or something. I mean, a long, long time. Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that I always just skip, even though I love it and find it valuable. Um, for a variety of reasons. I think that Thanksgiving, of all the things that fall under the umbrella of just, you know, happy holidays or whatever, I think is probably the most universally positive. Because it doesn't really have a religious overtone. And then, even the people who tried to fucking get all woke about it and progressive and like, this is just about the domination of the indigenous people. Even those people are just like, yeah, but what kind of pie are we having? You know, it's like at a certain point, people just shut the fuck up and eat some food and are happy to be around each other. And that's ultimately what it's about. You know, it's like, listen, I understand being angry about different holidays and different historical events and things like that. I understand why people get furious about Columbus Day. I understand why people get furious about, you know, even Christmas or your hang-ups about that type of thing because it's like, you know, Christmas is obviously religious and then, like, Columbus Day, I mean, who gives a shit? why we have it ultimately but people get hung they people get back to like well columbus was this murderous fucking genocidal madman and it's like yeah 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 okay well we can have that conversation or you could just take a day off of work and shut the fuck up you know what i mean so there's different ways of looking at it but i like to think that things change over time it's not even something I like to think about. They do. I mean, if you think about all the different things that change over time, even us, our bodies, I think it's something like every seven years, and I am just pulling this number off the top of my fucking head, but there are cycles of time in your life where every cell in your body cycles out and you are essentially a new set of cells. Aside from the, I think it's the neurons in your brain that don't cycle out. But either way, over time, you 
in fact do become a different thing. And things change over time. The perception of things changes over time. I've always felt like with Christmas, we should honestly just like, just say fuck it and just be like, it's for everybody. Because it doesn't, I don't even think that historically it's accurate that that is the quote unquote actual birthday of Jesus Christ. I think if you really look into the, um, like the true origins of Christmas, it's got something to do with like a hybrid of a pagan holiday, the feast of the Saturnalia joining with the idea of the Christian faith. And so they kind of chose the best day of the year of the pagan holiday to kind of fuse with Christianity. And that's why it's got this tree aspect to it, but whatever. I think that we should really just drop all the bullshit and be like, Jews, you guys want to come to like, just give each other presents and shit at Christmas. And we'll call it Christmas because it's like the only people who notice the Christ in the Christmas are annoying and they can have their own thing. So, Fuck it. It should just be every for everybody. Because we need more holidays that are just for everybody. But that gets back to the whole concept of Thanksgiving. What's so wonderful about Thanksgiving to me... Is that it's for everybody. And it's just a good time to do what we should always be doing. Which is genu- like generally giving thanks... For the things that we ought to be thankful for. And kind of... Having a a once a year reminder, which is literally the minimum that we can do (laughs) to just be generally and genuinely thankful for the good things that we've got going on. All that said, I haven't been here for Thanksgiving with my parents for about 10 years because Thanksgiving has always been the holiday that I've forfeited in substitution for coming and hanging out for Christmas. So I've always either been working or at some chick's family's house or some neutral Friendsgiving event in New York City, uh, which have all been fantastic. I don't mean to say that they were bad times, but I would always rather be with my family. Just to be honest, I'm one of those lucky people that enjoys being around their family. Uh, I know that not everybody is as fortunate as that, and that's one of the things that I will be thankful for while I'm eating my turkey this year. Um, and I gen- and I truly am. But, so that's just kind of coincidental, though, that I'm here at that time. I like that I'm going to be here during that time, but... Honestly, I just needed to get out of New York for a minute. Like, I've been in that city during this entire, you know, quarantine, COVID situation, which has not been even remotely as awful as the news would like you to believe it has been. Um, it, 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 It angers me when I hear people talk about what a chaotic mess New York City is. It isn't. It's just not. And it's it's on, it's truly getting under my skin when I hear people talk about, like, New York's a fucking 
it's like it's like it was in the early 80s or the fucking late 70s now it's like there's all these violent crimes and all this crazy shit going on it is now where i'm going not in my neighborhoods not in manhattan not when i go in the city i feel no sense of a lack of safety aside from the idea that the cops have very blatantly sort of like stepped back and let more dirt bikes be on the street and uh shit like that but i mean they're just that's their weird little protest for being like i don't know we'll let more annoying things happen but they're still doing their jobs they're still going around either way new york is fine it's just quiet and boring everything shuts down early it was already shutting down early and now they've started instituting these new uh, uh lockdown measures which may or may not be necessary. I don't know. I mean, I assume... I assume it's necessary. Now, maybe this just makes me some kind of cuck. But, I tend to believe that the people that are governing the city and uh, uh, elected officials and things like that, for the most part, are trying to do what's best. Again, that might make me just some kind of uh, sheep, sheeple, but I tend to think about it that way. If for no other reason other than to just conserve my stress. Because I like to think that there's some rhyme or reason as to why they're trying to do the things that they're trying to do. So if they say that we need to shut down for a little bit, I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm not saying I like it. But I am saying that it's probably for good reason. Um, I don't think these people like to fuck up people's lives. So that's what they're doing, right? That being said, it's extremely hard on all of the people that got to do that. Because we got a real backward system going on right now where um, you and I are not taken as care of as, say, Chase Bank. Uh, and what I mean by that is, they'll tell us to stay home, right? We can't go to the jobs that we have. Like, I used to bartend for years and years and years. I have now uh, transitioned and pivoted out of bartending and doing stand-up comedy into... Uh, um, being an artist, which is, I don't know if that's ever going to sound right coming out of my mouth, but that's what I'm doing. I'm making money selling artwork. This is a very upside down world that we're living in, regardless. So I was bartending and I was also doing stand up. Both of those jobs basically got their throats cut with the COVID situation, right? Now, at the beginning of this, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. And that's why I started painting as hard as I possibly could like somebody on, like, meth, just like, I'm just gonna paint this picture as hard as I possibly can, and I, and I made that work, and then I kept painting more pictures. Now, I know a lot of people who only know how to do stand-up comedy, and I know a lot of people who only know how to work in bars and restaurants, and those people, along with me, started getting unemployment and pandemic relief, you probably did too. We were getting that $600 a week. 
plus whatever unemployment benefits you got because they opened up the idea of the unemployment benefits to help more and more people. And it was just such a relief to not feel like you're fucked, right? And that $1,200 thing was just a, a blip compared to the assistance that that $600 a week was, right? So then that went out, went away, which we all know, and unemployment kept going for a while, and I think still is. I think it's set to expire on the uh, day after Christmas. Merry Christmas, by the way. And uh, that is going to be a fucking mess. I don't know where I was going with this. What the hell was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Now, so all that shit is the minimum they could do for us, right? Now, we can't go to work, and now they're saying they can't go to work as long, or like, it all has been diminished, at least in New York City. Now, if they're not going to give people more money, those people still got to pay their rent. Those landlords and uh, apartment owners still have to pay their mortgages. They still got to pay the bank. The bank expects that money, right? The bank is going to get taken care of by the government. We're not. So it's like this slow chokehold that they're trying to put on the general public to see if we will or not will not burn down the bank. And I don't know why we're not, other than the idea that it's happening very slowly. But that might be what has to happen, unfortunately. So it's crazy. So anyway, I've been seeing a lot of uh, just strange things. I mean, I'm not... Again, New York City is not mayhem. But it always kind of is. So now it's just a different kind of mayhem. It's like a quiet mayhem, which I trust less. I like an angry crazy guy. I don't like a quiet crazy guy. Angry crazy guy, I know where you're at. You know, it's like I can I can track you like sonar, where I hear the screams and the trash cans being banged together. Quiet crazy guy might suddenly be right behind you with a broken bottle. So there's just quiet crazy energy in New York right now. And uh, that wasn't necessarily scaring me. It was just wearing on me. Just being like, man, I, I don't know. I don't want to necessarily be here right now. And I always promised myself that if I got to a point where I wasn't, my life wasn't being held hostage by a job or a woman uh, that I was trying to keep happy in spite of everything, um, that I would just do what I wanted to do. And I would spend more time with my family. So that's what I did. And plane tickets are real cheap, so I just decided to get one. And that's what I did. Um, picked one up, pretty cheap, masked up, I went to Newark, went from there. And there was also, there was like a moment I remember being like, I gotta get the fuck out of this city for a minute. I was going down, I was coming into my apartment building from doing laundry or something, and I was walking up the stairs, and there was a family that I've seen that lives a floor above me, I live on the second floor, second floor, what's up everybody, um... And uh, these people were coming downstairs, and they were walking past me in the stairwell there. And they were, they had a little puppy on a leash, and the puppy had a diaper on, which 
already is odd. And it's a small little pit bull puppy. And it's not following him because it's like dragging its feet. And I look at it and they had docked its ears very freshly. And if you don't know what docking a dog's ears are, it's uh, cutting the fucking ears off. And it looked like they'd cut the ears off with a goddamn pair of sewing scissors. And, and there was this moment I was like, yeah, well, of course your dog's not following you and has to wear diapers. I'd be worried where you're taking me to if you just sawed part of my fucking head off and I'm a baby. And so I was really, really right about to say some shit to him about like, hey man, what'd you cut your fucking dog's ears off for like that? And, and I just walked away. And I was like, I, I gotta get the fuck out of this building for a minute. I gotta get out of this town for a minute. I gotta go see some trees and sunsets in the distance. So, yeah. So that's what I did. So I went to Newark, like I said. Got a flight from there. Went to from Newark, New Jersey to Charlotte, North Carolina. I had a layover there. I always, I have this weird thing where I kind of enjoy layovers. I don't know why. Especially when they're a couple of hours. I'm a real strange person in that respect. I like to get a drink, hang out, get some paperwork done. So that's what I did. I got a couple of Bloody Marys. Each one obviously fucking $15 or whatever there at the airport. But I get the Bloody Maria. I do the tequila in the Bloody Mary mix. Which is actually a better flavor in my opinion. But I sat there. Um, catching up on a lot of paperwork about, um, giving people tracking numbers for the prints that I had sent them and kind of catching up on all the organizational stuff that I needed to do. And then I, uh, yeah, flew from there, flew there from there to Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston, Texas. And speaking of, now that I'm thinking about it, Bush, this is something that I have been thinking about recently. George W. Bush, I gotta say it, we as lefties, which I consider myself a left-leaning person, although I don't consider myself a Democrat because they've just gone crazy off the rails um, with a lot of things, but when George W. Bush was the president, I was very guilty of talking about how terrible of a president that guy was. I really was. And I think we all were as left-leaning people. Talking about how embarrassed we were to have that guy be the president. How he was unfit to be the president. How he was the worst president we had ever had in the history of the United States. And I have got to say that that was a boy who cried wolf situation and is probably why people aren't listening to us when we talk about Trump right now. Because I'll admit it, George W. Bush was not that bad in comparison to this crazy fucking nonsense that we're dealing with now. And again, this is the type of thing that I was trying to steer away from before but I don't give a fuck anymore because it's just what's on my fucking mind I've been trying to figure out a good way to look at this okay so sometimes when you ride the subway in New York 
pre-COVID times, uh, although I'm sure this is still happening. But every now and then you'll be on the subway and you'll see a guy with his shoes off clipping his toenails with toenail clippers. And you look at that fucking guy. I don't know why it's always an Asian guy. It's There's probably guys that are not Asian that do this, but I've only seen Asian guys do this. Uh, take that for what you will. Um, but every single time you look around the train and everybody is just rolling their eyes. I've seen more than one occasion somebody be like, hey man, you can't be fucking doing that. And the person clipping their toenails is always taken aback as to why it's upsetting to other people. Which is mind-boggling, right? But at the same time, I've always looked at that person who's cutting their toenails on the train and, and be like, man, if you don't understand that that is fucking crazy, then what else, how are you not in jail? You know what I mean? It's like, how did you get this far in your life abiding by every other rule of a civilized society for the most part to get you to buy a ticket, to get on a train, to go to a place that doesn't have some kind of restraining order against you or something that you're civilized enough to like have a shirt and pants and glasses for most of the time that I've seen them. Now, I don't know if those are prescription glasses or just some safety thing that you put on because you clip your nails so much that you want to be careful about your eyes. I never get to know these people, but I do know that there's some kind of a disconnection between the idea of you cutting your toenails in public on a public transport and me. And everybody else on the train. But this is something I've never seen. I've never seen anybody defend the guy cutting his toenails on the train. I've never seen that. Ever. To this day. Have yet to ever see it. I, 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 it's, I don't even know if it's ever happened. I've seen multiple guys cut their nails in crowds of people. Never seen anybody be like, it's okay. Hey, you guys are all crazy. Right? The idea, when I talk to people about Donald Trump being the president, people who either defend him or just try to act like it's not that big of a deal that he is and has been the president, I equate you to people who would defend the guy cutting his toenails on the train. That's, that's how nuts it is to me that you would stick up for that guy. And furthermore, just to play, you know, to play this game completely fair, I am very open to what an analogy would be equally for what it is like to talk to somebody who thinks it's fine for Joe Biden to be the president, of which I am one of those people. So if, if you're a person who I have just long-windedly insulted by calling you basically crazy for thinking that it's okay for a guy to be cutting his toenails on the train and that's not weird in relation to supporting Donald Trump being the president. I welcome you to come up with an equally apt analogy for me. And we should compare them.
Because I truly want to know how it appears to the other side. If you're that sunk into this idea. And this is how this came about. I was speaking to a friend of mine who has gotten very into the idea of arguing with people about Donald Trump and the minutia of why he is or is not a good or bad president or good or bad person to be the president, right? And he'll tell me how he's like, has these conversations with people and, and they'll say, he's a, he's a good businessman. And then he's, he tells me, he's like, and then I told him, oh yeah, tell me what one business that he's run that's worked out well. And I'm just shaking my head and he's like, what, you think he's good? I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm shaking my head about. I'm shaking my head about the idea that you're getting into this shit slinging match with people because the idea of defending Donald Trump is, is, or, or arguing about whether or not he is or is not a good, like person to be the president of the United States is like standing in a vat of sewage and inviting people down into the sewage to throw shit back and forth at each other. It's a spider web. It's a quicksand pit. There's no getting, you, you don't win. If you engage in the conversation, you've already lost. I already know that that guy isn't good. I can look at that person and be like, it's like this fucking, it's like a weird episode of Rick and Morty where we're honestly debating whether or not a cartoon villain should or should not be in charge of the nuclear football. You know what I mean? It's like, I know that guy isn't good. I don't need to examine it. I don't need a pros and cons list. I don't need you to fucking stand up and be like, well, he's got a lot of really good theories about tying ladies to railroad tracks, you know, sometimes it's like, no, fuck it. He's a villain. I get it. We don't need to talk about it anymore. And thankfully, a very thin margin of the United States uh, decided that that was true also. So, anyway, that was basically that. But I guess the the lar- one of the main reasons I wanted to bring that up is I do want to know what you would consider analogous to the idea of the... Uh, uh, toenail clipping supporters in in relation to Biden supporters. I would I would I would like to hear that. And also, don't go around calling me a Biden supporter. I'm a fucking Biden supporter to the degree that he beat Trump. That's it. Now, I don't know that that's going to be sustainable because at this point as soon as they drag Trump out of the fucking White House, like a child, which it looks like they're going to have to do. Um, and they put Joe Biden in there. Go to town fucking with him. I don't give it. Please rip that dude a new asshole about his policy and who he is and hold him to task for everything. There's no allegiance to that shit. We're not all going to be waving Biden-Harris flags around and wearing fucking Biden-Harris hats for the next four years. Like a bunch of fucking lunatics. Because it's just about getting that dude out of there. It literally is. It's not about like gloating or uh, having boat parades or any of your fucking crazy horse shit. 
that you've been doing. It's just about getting that dastardly dog out of the goddamn White House. It's just, dude, it's just embarrassing. So either way, bring it on with your comparisons. Tell me why. Tell me why and what it means to you to have somebody be a supporter of the Democratic Party at this time. Because uh, I'm, I'm eager to hear a good gripe about it. I really am. Because I can't wait to fuck with Biden when he's the president. I can't wait to make fun of how he does it wrong. I really do. I'm looking forward to it. Because I'll feel less um, at risk of nuclear annihilation. Which is uh, my primary thing. Oh boy, where are we at here? 32 minutes. 32 minutes and 35 seconds. Jesus Christ. So I've been doing some live stream painting while I'm on the road. Been trying to make that happen because um, my life has shifted in a big way in the past year, right? One year ago today, I guess. Not even one year ago today, but let's say about a year ago, I would be bartending and uh, doing a bunch of crazy push-ups and trying to like get my one-man show off the ground and trying to get my one-man show uh, taken to Edinburgh, which is still on hold and all of the money that anybody donated to that is in a safe place and will be used appropriately. So don't worry about that. That's just, it's, it's being paused for the moment. But about a year ago, that's what I was doing. I was bartending and um, being sort of a maniac in uh, a variety of ways. Um, just trying to, I don't know, burn off the fucking sadness of a failed uh, near marriage. And um, now, as a result of the pandemic and many other things, I am... Uh, basically freelance artist person who does live stream painting and sells prints and commissions travels with a VR headset and I do uh, boxing exercises in my VR helmet every morning and I do a bunch of push-ups and crunches and I kind of do whatever the fuck I want or at least I'm on the beginning cusp of that which is pretty amazing, and um, trying to figure out how to make it all work out. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying, like, my life seems extremely weird to me right now. And it's probably got to seem even weirder to you hearing me describe it as that. But it's, uh, it's not bad at all. It's just real strange. I'm sort of detached from anything that I've ever known to be any kind of a, um, uh, obstacle, I guess is the right thing to say. Cause I'm like the efforts that I've put in have been paying off. The things that I'm doing are working. All right. I just got to keep them going. And so, yeah, I, I, I have this Oculus thing that I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do live stream virtual reality painting with, which is a whole nother level of uh, strange to the already strange, but it'll be exciting and fun. But, um, yeah, so now I'm, uh, doing, I'm doing all that. I don't know. I'm drinking wine. I'm podcasting. I'm doing the things I am trying to do. 
But I will, oh, oh, the reason I brought that up was, uh, they have adjusted the algorithm on this Reddit live stream thing, I believe. So now I'm not getting these, like, crazy numbers. I was having fucking 100,000 people watching me paint pictures. And I guess somebody in the Reddit offices are like, something is broken if this many people are watching a middle-aged man paint a bird. So we need to figure out how to how to re readdress this situation. Now I met a lot of cool people doing it, and uh, I don't intend on stopping. But now I'm gonna have to work against this adjusted algorithm, uh, which I'm trying to do. But either way, so what did I say? So here I am. I'm in Houston, Texas. I have renewed my driver's license. That's something I was putting off for a long time. I uh, I went I went to the um, uh, what the fuck, Department of Safety, is that right, DOS, T- um, I don't know, anyway, I've been putting it off for a long time, I've never had a New York license, I never wanted one, I'd just like to renew it here in Texas, oh boy, I, but, but the, I went, I went to this place, and it was in Texas City, which is kind of a, uh, about halfway between here and Galveston, went and did that, Knocked it out of the park. Passed my eye exam. I'll have you know my contacts are up to date. And then I was driving, legally. And I was just looking at how much stuff is around. Like how many new, not new businesses, but just the sprawl of shit along the highway. It's just, so, and, and it's so much new, repeated places like a salt grass and a Hobby Lobby, followed by a Best Buy and a Potbelly and a Chick-fil-A and a Walmart and a Target and a Bass Pro Shop and then a Starbucks and a Marshalls and a Marshalls and a Marshalls and a Salt Grass and a Hobby Lobby and a Best Buy and a Panda Express, which is there for exotic reasons. And it's just fucking everywhere. And it's so much more than I remember it being. It looks like a cluttered desktop computer. It's like, this stuff, this can't last this way. I actually went to the Best Buy to get this little microphone that I'm recording, and there were way too many people working there. I mean, everybody's wearing masks, everybody's basically, you know, doing their bare minimum and shit like that. I don't mean to, like, throw anybody under the bus. But I will say, I felt like Jeff Bezos when I walked into that place. I was like, why are there all these employees here? All you guys are having conversations with yourselves... You're all standing around. I went and got the microphone off of the shelf myself. I went to the back of the store because there was a line at the front. I went to the back where there was a big sign that said checkout. There's two guys in blue shirts and masks that work at Best Buy. I said, can I, can I check out here with you guys? And they're like, oh no, sorry, we don't know how to do that. It's like, well then what do you do? And so I went and I stood in the line and I waited and I bought it. And I think that might be the last thing I ever buy from a physical store, ever. And it was this, just, it didn't even do anything other than remind me how needless that is now. Yet, there were dozens and dozens of people working at this store. And the store was nice. It was nice to walk around and see the things. But I'm also like, I'm seeing a couple of items that are like not in stock. And that's like, well, that seems old now. Couldn't I just go to a website and get that? I don't know. This this system can't last. 
Whatever it is, something's got to change. Amazon is clearly winning, and it makes total sense that they're winning. I was just watching the other night, I watched The uh, uh, Social Dilemma on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's um, kind of about, it's not necessarily about this, but it's about like social media and about uh, uh, Facebook and all the different shit that the algorithms do to understand like how we think and it's pretty ham-fisted in a lot of ways and it's kind of like talks to you like you're a bit of a child but there's a lot of uh, interesting shit in it I highly recommend it but uh, they really need to have some kind of an expose concept about demonizing the media in the same way that they are uh, showing how like what kind of an existential threat the idea of social media is because um all I've seen everywhere I've gone, including this house that I'm in with my parents here, is uh, people glued to the news. Now, I know that we're in a, a pandemic right now, so there's a good reason to be sort of, you know, somewhat obsessed with what's going on. And also, we have a uh, an outgoing president who is trying his best to upend democracy and tear it apart like a frothing monkey. Uh, so there's also that. However, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, OAN, or whatever the fuck kind of shit is, it's, uh, uh, panic porn. It's disgusting. And it's, it's, it's not fucking news. And they need to be disciplined. We need to find a way to stop those motherfuckers, because it is just, like, I saw Wolf Blitzer come on, whatever fucking channel he's on, CNN, I guess, his, his show started, and his show started with breaking news, and it was like, not breaking news, it was just talking about the updates and situations with the COVID, like, infections and fatalities and things, but it was just the way he opened his show was breaking news. This just in, welcome to Wolf Blitzer's show. All the while, under what he's saying, is like a kind of music that sounds like the beginning of Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And it's just, it's fucked, man. It's all there to freak people out. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminded me of this thing that I heard a comic talking about a little while back, it's like a, a, a porn term, a kind of porn watching I heard called gooning, which was like, what the fuck is that? And and I looked it up, and gooning is an idea of, it, it's a thing that porn addicts do to where they masturbate an edge, which means uh, masturbating but not reaching orgasm, just for extended periods of time, for hours on end, never reaching an orgasm, nor intending to so it's just this this way that you just beat off or finger yourself or whatever the hell it is forever i guess and just like give in to the idea that that's what you do and so people are just fucking gooning on news you i mean you, you may as well because i i know people that watch the news and then look at it on their phone at the same time. And at that point, you might as well be strapped into some VR headset and a fucking gyroscope screaming at you. It's like, you gotta, you gotta just live your fucking life, man.
I don't know what to say about it beyond that, but here I am doing virtual reality uh, uh, fucking speed bag upstairs in a room while I'm painting a peacock and talking to people online. The world's weird. We're all dealing with it in our own ways. Who the hell am I to judge anybody? My shoulder is still bugging me from getting into a drunken bike crash a few months ago. But I will say, it's getting a little bit better. I lightened up on my push-ups. I'm still doing a minimum of 100 a day. But now I started doing this like plank hold push-up for like 60 seconds at the beginning of my workout. And then uh, I do a plank hold handstand for 60 seconds. And then I do my push-ups, I do my crunches... And then I repeat the plank thing at the end. And um, I feel like it's been helping. Because I was I was doing this boxing thing, which is a great game. I, I honestly, I, I goof around and kind of make fun of myself for having this thing. But it's a hell of an investment. Especially for like home exercises and shit. I mean, I, I do the speed bag and I spar with guys. And it's like genuinely like a workout. So... Anyway, the point of saying that was that uh, when I'm throwing right hooks, I don't feel like the same pain that I had before. So that's a plus. I feel like I got a uh, a good thing going on where I'm I'm slowly getting better and better with it, and um, I'm I'm thankful for that. It is good to be in Texas, man. I gotta say, um, it's good to be here. It is, although there is an air of like just stupidity floating around that I can feel. And I've always felt that here. And I've always felt that you you feel that just in general, but like the COVID situation and the Trump situation, I feel like has made it more like vivid or something. Yeah. And then there's also like the silly Texas things that you see here. Like my parents have a, a, my parents, neighbors, excuse me, not my parents. My parents are not like uh, very religious people they're they're agnostic we'll say as am i uh but we are surrounded by people who are gnostic uh, they're just not they 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 make no um make no uh, uh apologies about how jesus heavy they are but uh down the street from my folks there's these people that just were setting up their nativity scene life-size nativity scene before thanksgiving a bold move but uh just saying fuck thanksgiving we're going right to the lord and not only that like i said life-size nativity scene these are full-grown mannequin things in the yard and every time i see shit like that i'm like that's a lot that is some extra christ stuff that you got going on there You got a proper manger in your yard? Because that means that for the rest of the year, you've just got bodies in your attic. You know? Or your shed, which I guess would be more appropriate. But you gotta, like, move those things around to get other things, you know? Like, oh, hello, Joseph, Mary, wise guys. Excuse me, I gotta reach back here and get the Easter eggs. Which, how do you quantify that with your hardcore Jesus beliefs? That's some fucking uh, pagan shit right there. Anyway, it's just strange to see. And I gotta say, man, I uh, 
one of the other things that being here makes me miss is doing stand-up. This is where I started doing stand-up, and uh, I officially miss doing stand-up comedy. I really do. But that's going to come back. It's I know it's already back for you hardcore fucks. I know so many comics who are just like, that's what they do. So much so that they're like, I will do it on a rooftop in 30 degree weather. I will do it standing in the back of a pickup truck in a diner parking lot. I'll fucking do it wherever. And I, and I applaud you for it. But uh, I just like it, I guess. I don't like it as much as you do. I'm very lucky in the idea that I've got uh, a variety of, of uh, interests. So, But I do miss doing stand-up. I, oddly enough, I even miss bombing. <laughs> I really do. Like, that's such a funny thing to miss. But it's it's a strange thing. I like I miss going up on stage and trying something new out and, like, really feeling it not work. And, like, hearing the comics that you know laughing at you eating shit. Watching you sweat. And it's 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 something that's so hard to explain to people who have never done stand-up how weird that pain is and how much it and how hilarious it is to really feel that like (laughs) the bombing is so it's so painful but it's so useful and it's like the foundation of something that makes you a stronger person you know like bombing is like to a person who's never really bombed in front of people It's like telling a therapist how you feel, right? That you feel, like, weak and afraid and and having the therapist agree and be like, you are weak. You are afraid. And let me add some shit to that. You're also a fucking coward. Uh, You're not smart. Your ideas are dumb. Uh, That joke you made, don't try that anymore. It's just like somebody kicking the shit out of you when you said you loved them. Like walking up to somebody with a bouquet of roses and they just fucking jack you in the face. And then while you're laying on the ground, kind of being like, but, but I didn't do anything wrong. And then they just kick you in the stomach again. And then here's the weird part. This is the strange part that makes it good. It's, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to quit? Or are you going to get back up again? Are you going to keep doing it? Because here's the crazy part about stand-up and what it teaches you. Is that you can do it again. And you can get it right. And you can get that person to love you back. So hard. And then you know you, uh, you know you're worth it. It's a weird one, and it translates to many, many other aspects of life. I don't think I've ever learned greater life lessons than I have learned doing comedy. Stand-up primarily, but also improv. Enormous, enormous life lessons that I've applied to almost every other thing that I've done. And I am so, so thankful for that. And I cannot wait to do it again. Because i got so many things that I want to talk about. 
So many things that are floating on my mind. Something pissed me off the other day that somebody said to me a year ago, and it periodically pisses me off, and I can't wait to kind of expand on this thought on stage. A guy told me, more than a year ago, a person asked me, they said, do you straighten your beard? And that still kind of pisses me off when I think about it. I'll be brushing my teeth sometimes, and I'll look in the mirror, and I'll just spit the toothpaste out and be like, straighten my fucking beard. What the fuck kind of a crazy thing is that to ask me? I didn't, I didn't think I could be offended. I'm a heterosexual white man, okay? I'm doing fine. I thought I was beyond the idea of being offended. But then somebody asked me if I straightened my beard, and it hurt me in a way that I didn't even know how to process at the time. I just shook my head and was like, no. I didn't even know that was something people could do. But not only do you think that I might do it, you think you, you see me as the type of person who might do that. Who might take an extra, what does that take, an hour? I don't know how long that takes to take a a very strange, specific tool, some kind of weird flat like hair straightener a flat hair a flattening iron is that what i've had multiple girlfriends that have used this thing i can only imagine there would be a small version for a man who apparently i look like i might be that would sit down in front of a mirror carve out time to a flat iron you motherfucker to flat iron my fucking beard one little row at a time while I'm wearing a white bathrobe with my monogrammed initials in it and I'm soaking my feet in some kind of perfumed ointment. You fucking think I'm the kind of person that would straighten my goddamn beard? Fuck you. See, so... Anyway. Stand-up is an outlet for this kind of problem. (laughs) Uh, That has been rattling around in my mind. So there's that and a variety of other things. But, genuinely, that fucking gets to me all the time. And still, we'll save it for another episode because we're right at 50 some odd minutes. This is about as much as we need to be doing tonight. Um, One more time, sorry about missing last week. This is episode 90 of Scientology. Next week will be episode 91, and we're moving towards episode 100, which will be a a shift in the way that this podcast is done. I haven't quite decided on what it will be, but it will be a shift, and there will also be merchandise available for the podcast by episode 100. That will be a thing. If you are a Patreon subscriber and supporter, you will get a round of that merchandise as part of what you have paid to support this show. This little microphone that's attached to this um, iPhone was paid for by donations to the show uh, that you, my operating Scientologists, have helped provide for, and it is uh, so greatly appreciated. If you would like to support the show as a Patreon member, go to my website, paulodo.com, scroll down about a halfway down the page, and there is a button that will show you how to do that. It says, Support on Patreon. I'm going to make that easier, too. I'm reworking my website while I'm here, staying with my folks and catching up on all my work. Um, 
If you currently support the show on Patreon, I just want to always make it a point to say thank you so much. It means more than I can tell you. And to all the people that I am sorry for missing a week of this ep- this show, you are the most I am sorry to because you're the ones who are supporting it. I won't let you down anymore. And I'm sorry that I did prior. Um... If you, yeah, if you would like to contribute to the show, that'd be great. If you're not a supporting member, that's, that's fine. You don't have to be. If you can't afford it, don't worry about it. If you can, awesome. It helps. I can't tell you how much it does. If you would like to support the show in a way that doesn't require you spending any money, just, uh, take about 10 minutes out of your day and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about it. Spread the word on your own podcast, tweet about it, uh, re, retweet, or uh, just uh, whatever the fuck. Tell a guy standing next to you somewhere. Don't pull your mask down because we don't want to demonize you. But uh, yeah, just spread the word. It helps. We're getting this uh, Scientology thing moving. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you are doing well out there. I um, I know that you're going to figure it out. We all will. And let's just do our part. All of our, our part. Let's do our part to not make things worse. That's it. That's it. Try not to make things worse. Okay? Sounds easy. It's harder than it sounds. But just remember. When you're doing something. You're getting upset. You're freaking out about some shit, obsessing about things, trying to dress somebody down for something you don't agree about. Just ask yourself, am I making things worse? Just ask yourself that. I have to do it all the time. But I'm here for you as best I can be. And um, never hesitate to reach out to me with any questions, comments, concerns, uh, subjects you'd like me to talk about advice as best as I can give. I'm happy to be here for it. But uh, in the meantime, guys, have a good week. And uh, is Thanksgiving going to happen in between now and then? If so, happy Thanksgiving. If not, we'll talk about it later. But either way, um, more than anything else, just uh, take care of yourself and each other. And do not be afraid. This is Paul Odo for Scientology, episode 90. From the great state of Texas, the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart. Take care.